I want to welcome my next guest, Max Crone, to our uh, broadcast here today. And uh, Max comes to us from outside of our normal network of uh, contractors, but he offers a service that's kind of unique, and I'd like him to explain it to people. So, Max, if you would introduce yourself and uh, tell us a little bit about who you are and the company is Benchmark, I believe. Yeah, thanks, Lance, for having me. My name is Max Crone. I'm with Benchmark Payments. We're a payment provider, payment processor of both credit cards and ACH payments, or e-checks. And we've been working in the home services space for like the last seven years, found a lot of success in it. And I kind of stumbled upon Normie from being in the carpet cleaning world and a couple recommendations. And then I found Doug was in New Orleans, which is also where I'm based. And I figured it'd be a great connection to reach out and start offering my services to Normie members as, a, as an added benefit. Well, I appreciate you being here with us. And, you know, we talked a little bit and you had said something that really piqued my interest. And I think it will for the people watching this, too. Basically, you said um, that merchants, contractors are basically losing money with yeah. credit card services. Can you help me out with that a little bit? Because that piqued my interest. Yeah, every single day. Um, so. As you know, every time you swipe a credit card, it costs about 3% of the total transaction volume. That's 3% average. Uh, if it's a debit card, it's a little less. If it's a signature business credit card, it's gonna be a little bit more, maybe up to 4%. And so on an average $100 transaction, a merchant is only keeping like $97 and change. So let's say they're operating on a 10% margin between they're buying a product and they're reselling it as part of their um, service, like maybe they come in, do some repair, and they take a part and they resell it at a 10% margin. Um, adding that 3% back in adds 3% back to that bottom line margin, increasing it by 30%. So you add 3%, but from 10% to 13 is a 30% boost. So there's a huge opportunity that merchants are missing out on um, in increasing their bottom line and increasing their margin and really growing their business because at the end of the day, there's only so many things you can do to really control your growth in business. And a lot of it is putting money into marketing or hiring all these really time consuming activities. Whereas if you're saving credit card fees, you're immediately putting that back to your bottom line within, you know, the next time you swipe a payment after, you know, you start working with my type of company. So, you know, I, I know the example you just gave about like a $100 purchase, but, you know, in our industry, we're doing remediation work, we're doing assessment work, and we're looking at large ticket prices. Mm -hmm. I mean, doing an assessment at $1,200, $1,500, mm -hmm. all of a sudden you look at that fee that comes out, that's huge. You know, that, you know, $50, $60, $80 in, you know, credit card fees just to make the sale. Exactly. And it just starts to add up. And eventually you, at the end of the year, especially now, a lot of businesses are doing their taxes for the year and they started doing it towards the end of December. And I'm getting a lot of calls of people that are saying, you know, you're right. It's way higher than I thought it was. I'm losing, you know, $400,000 a year, losing $100,000 a year just to banks for the credit card fees. And there you go. How can we fix that? And so then so how, can, how can we fix that? What can they do? So the, the program that I've been selling the most, and it's because my customers want it, is the ability to pass the credit card fee onto the end user. 
It started off maybe 10 years ago, only in the nonprofit world and gas stations for the first. And then it got approved um, with a couple legislation, a couple bills were passed. Um, there was some legislation that happened, some lobbying. And now in all 50 states, um, and actually just now in Canada since October of last year, um, it's completely legal to pass the credit card fee um, off onto the customer. And uh, as long as you give them an alternate way to pay, like cash, check, ACH, uh, everything is great because you have two kinds of customers, ones that are fine paying the credit card fee because they want the convenience. And then you have another customer who doesn't want to pay the fee and they simply pay you cash, check or, or ACH, digital check. And so it's worked out really well in the past, I would say in five years, it's really gone mainstream. I imagine a lot of people who are watching this have heard about it and they've been thinking about it and they have questions about it. And that's exactly why I think this conversation is so important right now. Um, businesses are looking to save as much money as they can. And um, this solution is, is sitting right there for them to, to take advantage of. Yeah, I noticed this a few years back with, uh, I think the first ones that I noticed it with were American Express. Yeah, that uh, a lot of the merchants were charging a percentage up front on top of your bill mm -hmm. or credit card fees. And it kind of sounds a little bit in that direction. But yeah. um, I one of the things that I've always had issues with is how do you find out what your fees actually are? You so, know, what kind of rates you're paying and, and such? It's a great question. Um, some merchant processing companies, I've noticed, make it a little difficult to find what your rates are. And the reason is they don't want you knowing what your real rates are, or if you're going to do a comparison to somebody else, they want to make it hard for you to even find to send them like a merchant statement generally is what I take a look at to do an analysis. So certain companies like I got a statement back from Square yesterday from a merchant and they don't really have a merchant statement. I did some Googling and I was like, is this right? Did he send me the right documents? And Square doesn't really even have a merchant statement. So what's on a merchant statement is it lists out all of your transactions how much they were for, and the exact card brand and type. So not just Visa, but Visa business signature or, or Amex preferred, or whatever it is. Each individual card, and there's hundreds of them, have a very specific rate. And so when you look at a merchant statement, there's really two areas to take a look at that are going to give you an idea what your rate is. One is what's called the effective rate, which is the most general way of looking at it, where you take the amount of fees that you paid and the amount that you had uh, taken in your revenue, you divide them and you get X amount, usually around 3%. So like, let's say, you know, you were paying 3% and you did a million dollars in business you would have you know, $30,000 in fees. That right? That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. And so passing the fee onto the customer and giving them the option is this, I mean, some people say, hey, I don't feel comfortable passing the fee. And I go, you don't feel comfortable yet, but once you try it, you will. And so a lot of people kind of hop in that way. But um, so that's the general way, the effective rate. The way that I do an analysis is a little bit more in depth. I look at it for each card type and each card brand. And what that does is I compare that to kind of like a base. And if I see any of the percentages are significantly higher, you might be paying more for all the business cards you take. Let's say you do um, you know, a lot of contracting work business to business and the person who's paying you is another business. 
um, you might be overpaying on those rates. That's something I see that's very, very common. Um, reason is there's a system out there called level two, level three, and that reduces business um, card transactions interchange rate. I know there's a lot of <laughs> lingo in there, but basically a lot of people overpay specifically when taking business cards. And um, that's a huge area that I'm able to reduce payment well, uh, fees. Well, what's the difference between the effective rate and an interchange rate? Because now so, you throw some terms out there that I'm not familiar with. Yeah, so the effective rate is all of the fees that you pay to process a credit card combined. Interchange is just the fee that you pay bank to bank. It's it kind of you can kind of call it a bank fee. So you have the bank who issues the card and collects the payment at the end of the day. And then you have what's called the plus. So you have interchange. That's a rate that's a little bit more difficult to change. And that's why business cards do really well when we, uh, businesses that take a lot of business cards do really well with us because we are able to shift the interchange rate lower. The plus side of it is a little bit more variable and that depends more on the issuing card type. And so um, sometimes they're as high as 50 basis points over interchange. Sometimes it's 10 basis points over interchange, but generally I can reduce the plus part by about 50%. And interchange, depending on if it's business or not, 10, 15, 20%. But again, if they wanted to pass the fee to their customer, it reduces it 100%. So um, effective rate takes into account if there's monthly fee, if there's any chargebacks and there's chargeback fees, if there's insufficient fund fees, if there's a gateway fee, if there's a terminal that they're renting the big card swiper a month for $20. Effective rate takes all of the the interchange, the plus, and any of the addition, additional fees and adds that all together to create an effective rate. So sometimes what happens is credit card companies get you by saying, oh, we'll take credit, card, we'll take credit cards for you at 2.5% or 2.8%. That sounds amazing. That's a great rate. Um, but then you look at your fees and it's $100 a month to be on that program. And so they just shifted where the money is so that the credit card rate looks lower even though at the end of the day, your effective rate is still around 3%. So you have to really look into an analysis. And that's something I've studied over the last couple of years to become, it's pretty quick for me to look at it and be like, oh, that number shouldn't be a four. That should be a three. You're overpaying on your visa business cards, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's it's not as complicated as it sounds, but it's um, definitely the best way to understand if you're overpaying is to do an analysis. You know, I've noticed over, I'd say the last two or three years that more people have gone to using credit cards. Now, I'm sure COVID may have had something to do with that, not wanting to pass money back and forth and stuff like that. But are you seeing an uptick in credit card usage over cash and checks and stuff like that? Definitely. I would say that COVID kind of didn't jumpstart it, but it really accelerated the use of credit cards. Now that interest rates are, are going up, people are kind of deciding, do I want to take out a, do I want to finance this? For example, in the HVAC space, you know, a new HVAC system could be $15,000, $25,000 or more. And they think, do I want to finance this? Or do I want to, for example, set up recurring billing on my credit card? So I'm charged $200 a month for the next 10 months, you know? And so sometimes, you know, with, there, there are certain credit cards now that have come out that are zero interest for 12 months as long as you pay it off within 12 months. And so what a lot of people are doing is they're taking out one of these zero interest credit cards 
and they're putting these $20,000 transactions on a credit card rather than taking out a loan at whatever the interest rate is. You know, I think it's still going up by 25 basis points every time uh, Powell speaks. So people are shifting away from taking out small loans to paying more on credit cards. So, and that's just in the last six to eight months that I think the rates have been hiking, maybe, maybe a little more. Um, and so that's another push into it. I mean, from, from cashless, or, you know, from cashless transactions, I go to restaurants now and they say, we don't take cash. And so that's all credit card, you know, it's been pushing and pushing and pushing further and further every single day, more credit cards are being used. Plus people like the idea of getting points and miles for every dollar they spend. I mean, I know a business, um, met them at a trade show about a year ago and we were talking about credit card processing and I was with the owner and he said, all of the trade shows that they do over the year are covered by all the points that they've gathered from that year's spending. And so they, he's like, we basically go to all the trade shows for free, the hotels, the flights, it's all from, from our Amex uh, points. And I'm like, that's awesome. So yeah. does this work with uh, like the uh, wallets on the phones and stuff like that? Is that the same type of credit card processing or is that different? Yeah. It depends really on how a merchant is accepting a credit card. So if they have a retail store or if they have a terminal that they bring around for field work and someone wants to like tap their phone to it to take a payment. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's pretty standard in the industry. Although um, there has been a shift from the analog type of terminal with the buttons on it to touchscreen terminals recently, which is what everyone likes because they're used to smartphones now and they don't want a old, you know, older school terminal. Um, if they're emailing invoices and a customer gets an invoice on their phone and they open up a link to pay, it would go to the saved card information that's like in their browser, the same way that when you, any e-commerce transaction. So depending on how they take payments, yes. And I will say that soon, not yet, everyone's kind of in an arms race for it right now is the feature where you can tap a phone to another phone to make the payment. Uh, Apple just released that technology I don't know, six months ago. And a lot of my uh, peers in the industry have been talking about it. They haven't released it yet, which is great because that becomes extremely competitive with a company like Square, which built its entire you know business on that little box that you tap on to pay. And that's about to be eliminated. Um, I see a lot of customers wanting to move away from hardware and have it all processed via the web. Whether that means paying a little bit more for email invoicing because it's a little bit more expensive. Um, usually comes in around 3.3%, whereas like a swiped card could come in almost a full 100 basis points lower at like 2.4, 2.5, 2.6. And so, um, but people are okay with that because they want the convenience. They don't want to have to pair a Bluetooth device to their phone every time they take a payment or carry around a little square. They, they already have so much that they're doing and so many tools why another one that's that small? So hopefully in the next six months, um, more. I think there's one platform that's doing it now that we work with. More will be doing it very soon. You know, you're too young to remember, but 40, 50 years ago, science fiction that was out there where there were movies and TV shows where basically money didn't exist any longer. It was all based on credit and electronic devices. It's become science fact. Yeah, it really has. I've heard that only like 3% of the money that's flowing in our economy is actual cash. And that 97% of it is all digital and lives on your phone. And it's 
numbers changing around. Well, if you want to have some fun at a cashier one time or with the cashier, when you pay with cash, ask them if they need to see ID. Hmm. Then they just get completely confused. So, <laughs> so what's the difference between, you mentioned Square before and that and PayPal and using credit cards? Does it work the same way or are there different fees? So as a bit of a boutique firm, what I mean by that is we have like a mid-sized office, but we have access mm -hmm. to some of the some publicly traded payment processing companies uh, kind of as our vendors, it gives us the ability to match a merchant with their needs. So if they're taking payments in the field, we'll set them up with a different solution than if they were taking payments um, over the phone in the office. Or if they were taking payments via e-commerce, we might set them up differently with a different provider than if they were taking payments via email invoicing. And so we we're able to fit in the solution that they want and any matrix of it. I figured out just, I think it was Monday, I figured out that if you combine all of the different possibilities between infield, uh, swiping a card and uh, email invoicing and e-commerce and over the phone, I think there ends up being 120 different variations of how they might take their payments. And so we have solutions that fit all of those. Um, again, it's like email invoicing uh, on the phone, swiping the card in the office and uh, through a CRM, I think. That, I think that was the fifth one. And so five factorial, it's 120. And so there's so many different solutions. Can so you, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, yeah. but just, just listening to what you're saying, can you do like time payments and stuff like that through your system? Can you repeat that? Time payments, like somebody is, you know, you're making a purchase and you have, you know, 30, 60, 90 days on additional payments. Yeah. So certain the, the platforms that are like more shifted towards e-commerce don't because that's, you know, on the spot transactions. But when you're looking at emailed invoicing, um, definitely, there's definitely solutions that do that. And then they also have text to pay. So you can text them uh, or email them the invoice. And then, you know, it says the, the net time at the bottom. You know, one of the things I noticed with PayPal, and because I've used them for years, I've used several of the other ones just trying them. Uh, they do a, a guarantee when they approve a purchase mm -hmm. that even if the customer reneges on paying, you're still going to get paid. Mm -hmm. Is there any kind of fail safes in the system for that? Yeah. So built into the back end of our processing are ways to kind of um, do what's called uh, mitigation, but before it happens. So chargeback mitigation is a team that if somebody decides to do a chargeback, which is not a return. So a return is when they call your business and they say, hey, I want a refund, I want a return. And you say, okay. Chargebacks when they go to their bank and try to fight the charge with their bank. And so there's different ways that you can protect yourself from getting chargebacks. The most common one is getting a signature when somebody swipes a card. Um, that's the most common. That's why every restaurant you go to asks for a signature. Um, and so when it comes to the digital side of it, like taking a payment on an email invoice, there are just certain code and programming that's built into it. For example, having to fill out your name, address, phone number, email, the more information you get from somebody that's specific to them makes it much harder for them to fight a chargeback. So for them to win a chargeback rather. And so I would say that's not really an issue with us. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the other thing that I've come across uh, with things that I've done and accepted were ACH payments. Yeah. 
Is that different rate-wise and how that gets processed than credit cards? Yeah, ACH rates are significantly different than credit cards. So I would say the average ACH rate comes in somewhere between half a percent and 1.5%, um, depending on the network. I know that, sorry, they're, I didn't mean to schedule this right when they were doing the landscaping next door, but if you can hear them blowing, I apologize. That's okay. Um, like QuickBooks, for example, charges 1% for ACH. So generally when I'm working with QuickBooks customers, we come in just under 1%. And so that's a lot lower. If the average credit card is 3% and the average ACH is 1%, let's try to push people to take to send ACH. And ACH is a lot more difficult to fight, um, to, uh, to issue a chargeback. And so, <laughs> sorry, every time he goes, the one who leaves. Um, so if we can push more people to do ACH, um, that's great. So if you charge customers the processing fee, uh, some will shift over to ACH, so they'll lower the rates anyway. Can you explain what ACH is exactly? Uh, I, I never quite understood what it stood for. Yeah, ACH is an automated clearinghouse. It's it's automated clearinghouse. It's basically the company that fronts the money to the vendor before the credit card or the, before the transaction's actually gone through. So let me give a little bit, um, yeah, so that's a good way to put it. I just want to make, just double check something here. So yeah, so basically the same way that, you know, when you pay on a credit card, you as a consumer have 30 days to pay off your credit card, but the business still gets paid one to two days after that. So how does that happen? There's a company that basically puts the money into the merchant's bank account, takes on the liability of that credit card payment, and then gets paid a couple days, uh, up to 30 days later. So it works the same with ACH. When you have a $10,000 transaction, there's a company that just pops that into the merchant's bank account. And then um, the automated clearinghouse gets paid, you know, a couple of days later on it, or up to 30. Well, that's one of the things that uh, I've always looked to do because you know, uh, there's some other uh, payment methods that are out there like Amazon Pay and stuff like that. You could wait two, three weeks to get your money. Yeah. So one thing that some of these, I mean, I, I, I love the strategy with PayPal. Um, I also love, the, I hate the idea of having your payments in many different places. Sometimes I'll, I'll buy something on Facebook marketplace and I'll open up my Venmo and I realize I have $400 sitting in there and I'm like, I totally forgot about this. So I don't like having my money in different places. So what I try to do is make the business more efficient by saying, stop using PayPal, stop using Venmo. Let's just use this email invoicing platform from your phone. And it'll keep all your money in one place. Um, one of the other issues with, with PayPal, which they've used to their advantage, is that you, you only pay a payment processing fee if you want the money within like 48 hours or something. If you wait up like a week, there's no processing fee. And a lot of people aren't cool with that. And so with us, you know, you get the money in two to three days or 48 hours. Uh, it could be next day, depending on if you're doing a zero cost program or not um, in any scenario. So you'll never be held up. Uh, your money will never be held up. I just had a merchant the other day who had like $10,000 being held by Stripe because they were like questioning the transaction because it was above his normal volume. And so like something like that would never happen with us. And he became a customer of ours pretty quickly. So if our members wanted to get more information from you, how would they contact you? 
So the best way to contact me is my email, which is maxcrone, M-A-X-C-R-O-N, at govpn.com. I can put that in a message to you if you wanted to with the post, or myself, 516-448-4768. I'm happy to take a look at a merchant statement, kind of do an analysis over the phone and point out the areas that are uh, overpaying. Okay, well, uh, I do appreciate you spending the time with us. We're actually going to uh, expose our, our membership to this and uh, we'll see what kind of reaction you get. I know everybody's always concerned about the credit card fees. That's one of the big things. And it sounds like it's a, a probable, a go beyond possible solution for some people that it could make a big difference in their uh, businesses. Yeah. That, that small percentage does make a difference. Yep. And what will happen is a lot of people are going to start thinking about passing the credit card fee to their customers. They want to see some other people do it first. And then some brave people will be the first of the group to do it. And then in a year or two from now, everyone's going to be passing the fee. So it's not a question of, will you do it? You know, will you pass the fee to the customer? It's when will you pass the fee to the customer? Are you going to wait another year to, to start saving money? Or is it something you want to take action on, you know, sooner? So I think that, you know, there's a lot of money to be saved, a lot of money on the bottom line that people are missing out on. And obviously we do um, what's called traditional processing, where we just save on fees, not just pass the fee onto the customer. But eventually all my customers switch over to passing the fee. They're always nervous. They always go, well, my customers can be pushed back. Will I lose business? And I always do the math with them. How much business would you need to lose to lose the amount that you would save? It's like a million dollars, for example, um, is thirty thousand dollars worth of processing? How much? How much? You know, if your average ticket's a thousand dollars, you have to lose thirty clients over a year to just break even. So we end up doing the math, and they're like, "You're right. It's all it, it." So people love the program once they start it. So all right, very good. Well, we will uh, possibly do another one of these sessions uh, down the road, especially if we get a lot of questions about it, Sounds and we'll great. see where that goes. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to do a live Q&A or do a live walkthrough of a merchant statement with, with a specific customer. You know, um, maybe they want to hide their financials, but some people are open to that. But yeah, thanks for having me. And I'd love to do this again in the future. All right. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks so much, Lance.